everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds, and it's a great day out here, July 28th, or when you're hearing this, July 29th, because Aaron Rodgers has reported to Green Bay Packer training camp. It's great for basically anyone who blogs or podcasts or any type of real media, uh, because obviously big storyline. You know me, I'm not a Packers fan. I do like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I'm glad he showed up because it gives me something to talk about. And the other reason is because obviously, like I said on last week's podcast, I was going to wait to do the NFC North because I knew the second I did the NFC North, something was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. So I did the South first and smart move because now he's here. Devontae Adams is back re-talking with the Packers about contract extension there. Uh, so definitely pretty exciting. So today we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers as well as the NFC North as a whole. So obviously that would mean the Vikings, the Lions, the Bears, and the Packers for our NFC North Divisional Preview. If you missed the other two divisions I've done so far, that would be the NFC West as well as the NFC South. All right, so like I said, today NFC North. If you're new to this, right, and you haven't listened to the other two, one, go catch yourself up, but two, uh, here's what's coming at you today. We're going to recap the offseason for each team in this division, uh, a storyline that I like or I want to look at during the year, some fantasy players that I like from each team, a game of the year uh, you know, for each team on their schedule. I try to pick games that you don't see too often or I, you know, games I think that have big implications for that certain team. Uh, I also give you expectations for this season coming up. Um, and like I said, if you're new to this, I don't just throw out random records. I actually have like a legitimate spreadsheet and I pick like every single game. Um, so I'm not just going to be like, oh yeah, everyone's going to be good. Like if you're going to be terrible, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> so before we get into that, a couple of things I need you to do. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, send the video to a friend. You know, if you help us out, share something, that would be huge. Uh, you know, obviously you got the hockey podcast as well with myself and Joe and baseball with myself and Keith. So we're busy over here at Beak Brands. Um, so definitely do that on YouTube if you can. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, definitely subscribe to the feed, follow the feed, rate and review us, share the podcast with a friend. And if you're friends with me on social media, I spam this stuff up there all the time. So definitely try to help a guy out. All right, that would be number uh, two there. Greatly appreciated. Number three would be check out the website, beakbrands.com. Uh, on the website, obviously, you can find the podcast there if you want to listen to it there. Uh, but all our written content is there as well. We just started our 32 and 32 series. So each weekday from now until the start of the NFL season, you're going to get one team in-depth, broken down, uh, you know, unfortunately for some of you, you're going to have to read, but that's okay uh, because we use bold, you know, so we let you know where you kind of need to look, all right? So definitely check those out on the website. If you are one of the people we got from uh, Fantasy Twitter there and you're looking for the waiver wire column, Fantasy Baseball, every single Thursday that's going to drop. Uh, and actually this week it lines up at the podcast and the waiver wire column drop on the same day. So if you're listening to this right now, the waiver wire column is either up or should be up shortly. So there you go. Uh, and number four, most importantly, follow at Beak Brands on social media, Instagram, 
Twitter, Facebook. Like I said before, Twitter and Facebook automatically post. So the second we post something to the website, it will come up on your Facebook or your Twitter feed. Alright, so if you could do a couple of those four things for me, that would be great. Like I said, we're going to do the NFC North today, but obviously I'm going to start with Aaron Rodgers, and then we'll circle back to the Packers for their actual preview. Alright, so Aaron Rodgers shows up to Packers camp. I love it. Alright? He knew he had the Packers by the balls, and here he is. Alright, they were going to cave. They didn't really have a choice. He's the biggest player on their team in terms of his importance. Obviously, he's their franchise quarterback. We've seen what the Packers look like when he's injured in previous seasons. They literally can't get a first down. So he is their team. Like Aaron Rodgers is the team. Uh, obviously, if you like lived under a rock or you're not a diehard NFL fan, Aaron Rodgers has had beef with the front office in Green Bay, whether it be Brian Gutekunst, the GM, or Mark Murphy whatever his title is, president, CEO, something like that. Uh, he's kind of like the guy in charge, you know? Uh, so, look, I'm glad he showed up because I didn't want him to retire. I don't think anyone, unless you're at a team in the NFC North, <laughs> a fan of one of those teams, I don't think anyone want him to actually retire because he's a really fun player to watch. Uh, and obviously, you know, I like watching guys who are fun to watch. Being a Chiefs fan, you know, we have a lot of those. But uh, Rodgers is definitely a super talented guy. Um, and the other reason, a little selfish here, you know, has nothing to do with real football, but I have Devontae Adams on my dynasty team. So like, you know, I really needed Aaron Rodgers to stick around there. So that was huge for that as well. Just on a selfish personal note. Um, but this is big for the Packers, obviously, because we haven't seen Jordan Love like at all, basically. I'm assuming that he's not ready to go if they didn't really play him at all last year um we kind of knew when they drafted him he was going to be a developmental guy he has had a full year it looks like he's going to get a second full year uh like i said the packers kind of gave into rogers requests they traded for randall cobb back from the houston texans because that's one of aaron Rodgers' guys back when they had like cobb greg jennings jordy nelson um so that's big for rogers i think getting someone he wants and most importantly he has a choice at the end of this year to leave the team, enter free agency, you know, basically do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Um, there's a lot of speculation that is Devontae Adams going to stay if Aaron Rodgers leaves? Uh, and I think Devontae Adams basically has a choice to make. Do you want to make a lot of money and stay in Green Bay? Because they'll pay you to be the, the number one paid receiver in the league, probably. Or do you want to win? For me personally, I'm obviously not a pro athlete or anything close to it. <laughs> he has enough money already for like two or three generations worth of wealth without them having to think about working. All right. And I'm sure with his next contract, it's not like he's going to make nothing. I would follow, I would try to follow Aaron Rodgers wherever he's going to end up. Um, that's going to be tough because the Packers are going to franchise tag him if he doesn't sign. Maybe do like a tag and trade. I don't know what team out there, as of right now, has the cap space to afford Aaron Rodgers and him, like the way their team is currently constructed. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm thinking way down the line with this, but just for this season right now, let's get back to that. Obviously, like I said, they need Rodgers, but the reason I'm bringing this up for whatever this has been, four or five minutes here, his press conference 
that took place today was amazing. He was just out here because people in the real media have always criticized him for being like kind of passive aggressive. He doesn't really say what's on his mind. He was just firing bullets at everybody today. Big FUs all around. And I like when athletes do that. You know, like Russell Wilson's like a little robotic. He kind of gives like the generic answer to everything. Aaron Rodgers did was not doing that today. <laughs> uh, and I think one of the favorite one of my favorite things he said was, you know, Green Bay is not a vacation destination. They come to Green Bay to play with me. And some people are going to take that as like, oh, you got to put your ego away. You're like, he's arrogant. Well, he's not wrong. Why else are you going to play for the Green Bay Packers? You live in the middle of nowhere. The team doesn't have an owner. It's freezing starting in October. You play outside, so all your home games are basically brutal from mid-October on. It's freezing cold. Like, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, would they attract any free agents? Like, serious question. Because they don't really go out and spend a ton of money in free agency anyway. They've never been one of those aggressive teams. Um, so I think the Packers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers kind of let the Packers know, like, yeah, you might think you're in charge, but people come to Green Bay because they're trying to play with me. And, you know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, you know. They're trying to because we're good because I'm here, not because you're in charge. Um, now, some people are going to say, you know, he only has one ring, which is true. Uh, but I know if you look at some of the defenses this guy has played with, not good. All right, so, like I said, I'm glad Aaron Rodgers is back because this NFC North preview was going to be really hard if I didn't know whether he was playing or not. Um, so let's switch gears here. It's my kind of little Aaron Rodgers spiel. Kind of glad he's back. Uh, and we're going to go to the Detroit Lions because they had a lot of moving pieces this offseason. All right, so just to list off some guys that they brought in, whether it was free agency or trade, uh, they picked up Jared Goff and Michael Brockers from the Rams, two separate deals. Uh, like I said, my favorite dynamic about this is Michael Brockers basically said that Jared Goff is trash, like when saying they got Matt Stafford, who's a lot better, and then they promptly traded him to Detroit. So I'm sure that locker room dynamic is going great between those two. Um, they picked up Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman to kind of help out the receiving core, Jamal Williams at running back, Alex Anzalone, linebacker, and they drafted Penny Sewell in the first round. How this man fell to them, I have no idea. He should be a Cincinnati Bengal. I'll say it till the day I die. I don't care how good Jamar Chase is because Joe Burrow is going to end up in a body bag. But I will save that for when I get to the AFC North. Let's focus on the NFC North. Uh, so what can those, what do those guys kind of bring to the table? Obviously, Jared Goff, huge downgrade from Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford's like a top 8 to 10 quarterback in the league. Jared Goff's like barely a top 20 guy, if that. I don't think he's any good. Obviously, he's going to be exposed this year because the Lions are nowhere near the same type of team the Rams are. Uh, Tyrell Williams and Prashad Perriman, you know, just kind of two field-stretching type guys that don't really fit in with Jared Goff. But if you look at their depth chart, like it was literally Quintez Cephas and like a bunch of random dudes I've never heard of. And if you don't like, if you don't live in Detroit and you're or you're not a dynasty player, you probably don't even know who Quintez Cephas is anyway. <laughs> So they really needed some players there at receiver. Uh, Jamal Williams, terrible. Hate to see it for fantasy purposes anyway. DeAndre Swift, like Jamal Williams is just going to be a pest to that guy. 
Trust me, everyone's like, oh, DeAndre Swift's so good. Like, it's the Lions, bro. This is what they do. The Lions are going to lion. They just do stuff that makes no sense. And bringing in Jamal Williams, who's a solid back, to take carries away from DeAndre Swift, it's just going to be so unfortunate for DeAndre Swift fantasy value. And not everything's about fantasy. I get it. Like, it's, I'm sure it's a great move for their real-life team. But, boy, is that frustrating for fantasy. Uh, and we kind of talked about the impact Penny Sewell's going to have. Like, if he's as good as they say he is, like, he might be the best non-quarterback pick in the draft. And if he's, like, 80% as good as he said they're going to be, still a steal. I love taking linemen in the first round that I are, like, locks to be good. He was one of those guys. Uh, and you got to anchor the offensive line for the future quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Not Well, and Jared Goff, but, you know. Not really Jared Goff. Uh, in terms of guys that they lost, see, the thing is the uh, the Browns. The Lions are pretty terrible, so it's hard to lose talent. They did lose Jared Davis. Marvin Jones went to Jacksonville. Kenny Galladay went to the Giants. Uh, you know, they lost Daryl Roberts and Desmond Trufant. Trufant kind of looked shot last year, but then again, it is the Lions, and he was playing for Matt Patricia, who I don't think he liked because no one likes him. Uh, and they lost Danny Shelton, who's a good run stuffer. Obviously, the two big losses here, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, which is why, you know, they needed some receivers because they lost their top two receivers. Um, Galladay got some pretty big money from the Giants. We'll see how he works out there, and we'll talk about him next week during the NFC East Division preview. And obviously, Marvin Jones kind of gives Trevor Lawrence down there in Jacksonville a big body, you know, contested catch type of guy. Uh, and the Lions are going to miss him probably because I don't think they have anyone on their roster right now that I know of. You know, they could have like a random guy unless it, or it could be Quintus Cephas <laughs> that can do what Marvin Jones could do. So that's kind of like just some key players that they added and lost to their team. Uh, my storyline for the Lions, I couldn't pick one. So I have two. All right, so storyline number one, can Dan Campbell actually coach? Um he was never a coordinator or anything like that for the Saints. When you watch him, he's more of like a rah-rah guy, which is fine, you know? Not everybody needs to be a coordinator or call plays to be in charge. You know, Harbaugh's a special teams guy. Belichick's a defensive special teams guy, you know? Like, not everyone needs to be, like, you know, this hot shot offensive coordinator, so that's fine. Um, and when you watch his press conferences... You know, I love the whole, like, you know, we're going to play and run through walls stuff that he's talking about. Um, like, you know, pound you into the dirt and, like, they said he's going to get up and, dude, they're going to fight you basically till they drop dead or whatever he was saying that one time. Um, which is, his press conferences are pretty funny. But I don't know if the players are going to buy into that or not. I mean, he had a couple, one or two guys, maybe more, follow him from New Orleans to Detroit. So, obviously, the players like playing for him. Uh, I just don't know how well this is going to go over. Obviously, him and the GM got long contracts because I think they know this is a long rebuild. Obviously, Jared Goff's not the answer. He's going to bridge to whoever else they draft in the upcoming years or trade for or whatever. Um, but you could, you'll be able to tell. Like, If they're competitively losing, it's like, all right, the players like to play for this guy. If it's like the Lions the past two or three years where just every single dude on the team hates the coach, which was Matt Patricia, like it's going to go downhill real fast. So that's number one. 
Number two, and this is what I always like to look out for, because like I said, as a Chiefs fan, we had a nice 10 to 12 year stretch there where the NFL season was just like the waiting time before the off season so we could draft. That's how bad we were. The Lions are currently in that space. Um, is Jared Goff terrible enough to get them the first pick in the draft? I don't know if he's that bad. I mean, he's pretty bad, but they might be in trouble here with Goff where he's going to consistently win them like five to six games. And if they want the first pick or a top two pick to get a quarterback, they're going to have to trade up and give stuff up. Um, I mean, they do play in a tough division. NFC North's pretty good. But Jared Goff is, like, competent sometimes, which is a problem when you're trying to be terrible. Uh, now, we'll see what he looks like away from Sean McVay because we saw him with Jeff Fisher, and this guy literally could not complete a screen pass. So if he goes back to that, the Lions are set because they're gonna have the first pick in the next for the in the draft the next three seasons. So I'm not worried if he goes back to Jeff Fisher, Jared Goff. Uh, but if Sean McVay actually, you know, taught him something and he wins him a couple of games, that would suck for the Lions. Um, so let's move on. Game of the year here. Listen, I'm going Cincinnati Bengals week six. You know me when I like to watch teams here. Um, with no defense, I like points because I'm not a fan of these teams. Burrow and friends over there in Cincinnati, like with their crazy skilled position player, should put on a clinic. Uh, but the Bengals also can't stop anyone. So if there there was ever a game that Jared Goff, you know, replacing Matt Stafford, obviously, which I think I kind of just glossed over in the beginning. Like, I need to reiterate that. Yeah, they don't have Matt Stafford. They have Jared Goff. Big downgrade. Um Jared Goff should be able to put up points against Cincinnati. Like I said, I really like games where there's no defense if the Chiefs aren't involved. Uh, that game should feature close to none of it. And I think that's a game if you play DraftKings or Daily Fantasy, you might want to take some Bengals or maybe some Lions, you know, on the squad there because I think there's going to be a lot of points put up in that game. Um, so definitely looking forward to that. And obviously the second reason why is because Cincinnati might not be good, and I know Detroit will be bad. So the winner of that might actually be a loser because they're going to lose the tiebreaker when it comes to draft order if these teams you know, come down to having the same record there. So let's go a little fantasy spin. A fantasy player that I like at their current ADP. So ADP is average draft position. If you haven't listened to this or you're new to fantasy, so it's kind of where they're going in most leagues. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> this was hard to pick because the Lions suck. And the two or three guys that you actually want on their team, like DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and if you're a believer there, and Jamal Williams also, they're all going pretty high. You know, DeAndre Swift's like a top 20 back, like well, top 20 to 30 overall player on the board. And TJ Hawkinson is going in like the top 50 players. So if you want them, you're going to have to pay up. So I just found a couple of different receivers here. You got Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, they just drafted him. He's going as wide receiver 69. Nice. Uh, you got Tyrell Williams, wide receiver 85. And Quintus Cephas, wide receiver 113. Uh, if you read anything about the Lions on the internet, you do your homework. A lot of people really like Quintus Cephas. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know too much about the guy. <laughs> He's owned in my Dynasty League, not by me. It's actually fellow Beak Brands member over there, Tom, who writes all the UFC stuff. He likes Quintez Cephas. I don't know. He must be drinking the Kool-Aid. If I had to pick a guy, Tyra Williams might be the safest because I've seen him be good before in the NFL. But does he match with Jared Goff? I don't think so. Quintez Cephas, like I said, I know nothing about. So we're going to go with St. Brown here. He might be the slot guy. Quick little dump-offs. Jared Goff can only throw the ball five yards or less, so if he's just a PPR machine, you know, he's getting targets, it might be worth it. He's got some upside. Uh, and obviously, when you're down this low, you're swinging for the fence. And finally, my expectations for the Lions, I currently slated them at five wins. And I was trying to be kind of generous with it. It was hard to find wins for them. They start off the season, I mean, God bless these guys. San Francisco, Green Bay, Baltimore, Chicago, that's a winnable game. At Minnesota, the Bengals you can win. The Rams, like, good God. I mean, by the way, you also could have picked the Rams for their game of the year, but Lord have mercy. That is not a good stretch for them. Uh, that's going to be a tough sledding there for Dan Campbell. Uh, so let's move on to the next team in the division, the Chicago Bears. Kind of do the same thing we just did here. So guys they added, they actually added Desmond Trufant from the Lions. Uh, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, we'll talk about them in a minute. Tariq Cohen is back from injury. Damian Williams reunited with Matt Nagy. Uh, obviously Nagy was with the Chiefs when Williams was there. And they picked up Jeremiah Tachu, little pass rush help. Guys they lost, they didn't really lose much. Buster screen, good slot corner, Bobby Massey tackle, I mean okay and Mitch Trubisky, who they ran out of town. So is that really a loss? I don't know. Uh, so the reason I flew through those is because that all kind of leads into the storyline here, which is Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, they're not on the hot seat. It is like about to combust hot. It is like scorching. And listen, they went all in. They are tied to Justin Fields. And the storyline is going to be, is Justin Fields good enough in year one to save their job? I don't know the answer to that question. If I had to put money on it, I would say yes. Only because we've seen Matt Nagy make the playoffs with, you know, basically anyone with a pulse at quarterback. They just need Fields to be better than Trubisky. That's basically what we're getting at here. Now, if Fields does what he did at Ohio State, they'll be fine. Um, obviously, we know there could be a steep learning curve for rookies. There's never really been an Ohio State quarterback that's been good in the NFL, that, in my lifetime anyway. And I know people are like, oh, you can't compare him to previous you know, Ohio State quarterbacks. Like, yeah, I get it. They're not the same player. But something, you know, there's always something that kind of bothers me a little bit when I draft a quarterback that comes from one of these powerhouse college teams, you know, every team they play against, their entire team is better than the other team. Like Ohio State gets guys drafted in the top 50 picks all the time. And it's not just like one or two guys. Like it's multiple dudes, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, receivers, DBs, quarterbacks, you know, like, if you look around the league, there's a ton of guys, right? You watch Sunday Night Football, the Ohio State. Like, there's a ton of guys from Ohio State in the league. 
So I think it might take some time for him to adjust to, hey, you know, you're not playing a bunch of random scrubs from, you know, insert college here. Like, these are all NFL players. Um, and the reason I'm kind of being cautiously optimistic with Justin Fields is because I just don't know if they're going to start him right away. So, like I said, this is kind of the storyline here. We're, we're going to look at their schedule. They start off the year, it's kind of like on-off, on-off. So they play the Rams, they're definitely losing that game. And if I was the Bears, there is not a chance I am playing Justin Fields against Aaron Donald week one behind an offensive line that is not strong. That is a good way to get your quarterback killed, so no thank you. Then they play the Bengals, they'll probably win that. At Cleveland, tough game. They could win it, I currently have it as a loss. They'll beat Detroit. Raiders, that's a coin flip game. But then you have Packers, Bucks, Niners all in a row. I don't think it matters who plays quarterback in that game because you're probably going to lose all three of them. So the question becomes this, because there's two kind of philosophies with quarterbacks. Do you A, sit him behind Andy Dalton and let him get killed and then put him in in like these quote-unquote softer matchups and hope that's enough to save your job? Or B, you just put him in there, baptism by fire, and if Aaron Donald decapitates you the first week, it is what it is because we need you to be good because we're going to get fired. The Bears could be in trouble here because this is what happens when you go downhill, right? So let's say worst-case scenario happens. Fields does not save their job. They both get fired. New GM and new head coach that are not attached to Justin Fields. What if they don't like Justin Fields? Then you got to draft another quarterback. So, like, we're going down the road that, like, teams like the Jets go down, where you could be setting the franchise back five years easily if this doesn't work out. If I'm Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, I'm going to let Andy Dalton start the first week. I'm going to let the Rams beat the living hell out of them. And then I'm going to play Fields the next four games because obviously I'm going to need this guy to get some confidence going into the Green Bay, Tampa, and San Francisco game. Because, like, Cincinnati, winnable. Cleveland, tough game, but winnable. Detroit, you should beat. So that's two out of three games where Fields should look pretty good. And then you get to play the Packers. You might not win, but their defense doesn't scare me. So that's what I would do. Let Andy get killed by Aaron Donald, and then we'll play Justin Fields the rest of the way after week one. Um, So that's kind of where I'm going there. So where's my game of the year for the Bears? I'm going to go at Pittsburgh. The game right after all those games I just mentioned. They play at Pittsburgh week 9, then they're on the bye. I think that's crucial because if they lose like 4 or 5 in a row, they're going to lose control, right? Maggie and Pace are definitely not going to make it through the season. And we'll know by then if Fields can play. Like if they competitively lose to Green Bay or Pittsburgh or San Francisco, it's like, all right, you know what? We didn't win the game, but our rookie quarterback showed us that like we made the right pick. He's going to be really, really good. Um, if they get blown out four games in a row, the owner might be like, okay, well, this is this was your pick, the quarterback that you wanted. Because Matt, remember, Matt Nagy did not draft Mitch Trubisky. That was a John Fox thing, I believe. Um it's not going to be good if they get blown out four times in a row. Just saying. Uh, okay, so a fantasy player that I like on the Bears. 
obviously love me some Allen Robinson, but he's he's going high. So we're going to pick somebody else. We're going to go Darnell Mooney, wide receiver 50. Um, you've probably seen the video of him saucing Jalen Ramsey and then, you know, Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball like 40 yards over his head. Uh, Anthony Miller is gone. They don't really have any other receiving options. You basically got Mooney and Robinson and then a, like 20 tight ends. <laughs> Uh, actually, I think I saw Jake Butt retired before, so 19 tight ends, whatever you know, ridiculous number you want to say. Now, Tariq Cohen will be back to take some passes away from players. Uh, Damon Williams is a pretty good pass-catching running back also. Uh, but I'm going to go Mooney. He creates separation, and Fields throws a pretty good deep ball, so that might have a good connection there for you. I like Darnell Mooney, wide receiver 50. My expectations for the Bears, I don't know. Because I don't know who's going to be starting. If they go the route that I just laid out, they could win 9 to 10 games, I think. Will they do that? I don't think so. Because I think Matt Nagy is like, I'm going to ride Andy Dalton as long as I can until I have to go to Justin Fields. Which leads me to believe they're going to be at like 7 or 8 wins. And that might cost them like, you know, 1 to 3 wins, which might ultimately cost them his job. So that's kind of where we're looking for the Bears there. Two more teams left. Vikings, Packers. All right, so Minnesota Vikings. They were busy this offseason. So they brought in Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson, D-tackle, good player. Obviously, the defense last year was super, super young. They needed to get some guys in there. I remember Alvin Kamara ran for, you know, 9,000 touchdowns against them whatever that was, week 16, because I played against them in fantasy football. That was lovely. Um, they needed some guys to help with the run. Tomlinson definitely helps with that. Uh, and they get the Neil Hunter back from injury too. So two big pieces up front. Uh, the other thing was their secondary was really young. Well, they fixed that also. Patrick Peterson, they brought Mackenzie Alexander back, and they signed Xavier Woods to play safety, kind of to replace Anthony Harris. Um those are three big pieces for the Vikings because you play for Mike Zimmer. You got to be physical. All those guys are physical. Now, Peterson, I don't know what he's got left in the tank because he was terrible last year, uh, but willing to give him the pass because he's been good. But they weren't done. In the draft, they brought in Christian Darasaw, Chaz Surratt, Wyatt Davis. Darasaw and Davis hop on the offensive line next to Cleveland, who they drafted last year. Um... You know, they have a young offensive line, but these guys are physical. They run the ball a lot. I think all those guys fit. And I just want to say for the Vikings, they draft every player that I like. So to me, I they know how to draft. Obviously, Justin Jefferson was a home run. Jeff Gladney was pretty good last year. He was a guy I wanted the Chiefs to go after. I just mentioned Cleveland, the offensive lineman. Uh, they got Cam Dantzler last year, too, who was kind of up and down. Uh, but solid player. They got him late. He kind of turned it up towards the end of the year, if I remember correctly. So, you know, they just draft guys that I like. Like, I wanted Davis and Surratt, too. Like, they just they draft guys that I like. Um, they didn't really lose too many guys. Kyle Rudolph, okay. They kind of booted him out of town. Anthony Harris left, and Riley Reef went to Cincinnati. Uh, but they kind of tried to replace him, right? So... My storyline for the Vikings is can you old school football win you a ring in 2021? What do I mean by that? They are a team 
that runs the ball, play action, vertical shots downfield, strong defensive play. Now, obviously, I know last year the defense was not good, but historically, under Mike Zimmer, their defense has been really good, and even before Zimmer got there, their defense has been really good. All right, and I think I expect their defense to make a big step back to where they normally are this year, 2021. Can you win a ring that way with like a game manager, quote unquote, and Kirk Cousins under center? I think you can, but you need to match up with the right teams in the playoffs. Like if they draw Tampa, who has like the number one run defense in the league, it's over. <laughs> I, you need to avoid teams like that for like a team like the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl. The reason why I'm watching out for that is because obviously you, every team now is going like semi-mobile to very mobile quarterback. We're going to spread the other team out like four receivers, like the Cardinals play four receivers the whole game. Or, you know, the Chiefs basically play four receivers the whole game because Kelsey's a receiver that is also a tight end, you know, like he's a he's a weapon. The Raiders, same thing, like Darren Waller. Like you're looking for guys who are kind of matchup problems. Now, the Vikings do have that, right? They have Thielen, they have Jefferson, they have Irv Smith, who's going to start a tight end this year. But when it comes down to it, what kind of team they are, they run the football a lot. Dalvin Cook's a really good running back. Alexander Madison's a really good backup running back. They have a strong offensive line. They try to limit Kirk Cousins from losing them the game. And it's like, can you win like that in 2021? Not like just get to the playoffs. Like, can you make a deep run? We've seen them win a playoff game, right? They beat the Saints two years ago. Craziness. Loved every second of it. Um, but can you make a run doing that? And we're going to talk about that in just a second. So my game of the year for them at Baltimore Week 9. These two teams, if you know, if you take just the quarterbacks out of it, the way they're built is the exact same way. Strong up front. They run the ball. They have strong corners in theory. You know, if Minnesota's guys take a step, right? They have dudes who can run. Now, obviously, Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson are two completely different quarterbacks, but they've run a similar offense in that it's based off the run. Obviously, you know, Kirk Cousins is never going to be running read option or zone reads or anything like that. Um, but the reason I want to watch that game is because there's two teams. I like when two teams that are built the same way go at it because you really get to see like the little nuances of what they do. Maybe they'll go a little bit deeper in their playbook. Maybe you'll see something on defense, which you don't know, but you're kind of giving away a tip to beat your own team. Cause you're trying to beat a team that's built like yours. Um, so as a football nerd, I like games like that. Fantasy player on Minnesota that I like, Alexander Madison, running back 47. Obviously, I like Justin Jefferson, but he's going high, and Dalvin Cook's a top-five pick. So why do I like Madison if Cook's a top-five pick? Because Dalvin Cook will get injured. It happens every year. I like clockwork. I love him. He's explosive. Great running back. Probably top three in the league. Maybe top four, but whatever. Not, not the point. The dude is made of glass. He limps off the field all the time. He misses games all the time. If you have Dalvin Cook in fantasy, you need to have Alexander Madison. You need to prioritize him. If you don't have Dalvin Cook in fantasy, you might want to take Alexander Madison anyway because Dalvin's probably going to miss two games. So just throw, especially in a 17-game season, they might want to lessen the workload on him. Madison might get a little more. Just throwing that out there. Uh, my expectations for the Vikings... 10 wins. That's what I currently have them at. 
and we'll talk about the playoff picture for the NFC with them just in a minute here. Uh, I know we talked about the Packers already, but real quick, uh, who did they add? Josh Myers at center. They drafted him Ohio State. And like I said, they brought Randall Cobb back. Guys, they lost. This is where it's unfortunate. Corey Lindsley and Rick Wagner, two offensive linemen. Christian Kirksey left, and obviously Jamal Williams ended up with Detroit. We talked about that already. The storyline that we're going to follow all year, and I don't want to keep going on it, is Aaron Rodgers versus the front office. I think it's going to be a weekly thing. Every time they win, he's going to be the one who's praised. Every time they lose, he's going to try to deflect that onto the front office. It's going to be how do they respond to him. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because I try to avoid drama, but when it comes to pro athletes, I really like when they chirp back and forth with people. So big fan of that. Uh, game of the year, they have a lot of good games on their schedule. At the Saints week one, at San Francisco week three, at Kansas City week nine. You know, and it was kind of hard to pick. But and they, they play the Rams, too. Um, but I ended up going with the 49ers, week three. The reason I picked that game is because the last few times the 49ers have played the Packers, they have destroyed them, like made them look terrible. And I think if they play at San Francisco again this year and the Packers get run off the field, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a temper tantrum. And it is not going to be good for him or the Packers because he'll just say the same thing he's been saying. You keep telling me you're going to help me out, yet the same team with no quarterback, keep in mind, if Jimmy Garoppolo's playing because Aaron Rodgers is significantly better than Jimmy Garoppolo, a team that literally does not have a quarterback that's 30% as good as Meek beats us every time we play them. That's got to be frustrating. That's got to be really frustrating for him. So I'm sure that's not going to go over well. A fantasy player I like on their team. Uh, this one's obvious at this point. Randall Cobb, wide receiver, 110. Overall player, 345. Now, is he the Randall Cobb of old? Of course not. But Aaron Rodgers specifically requested this guy be on the team, and they went out and traded for him, which means you know he's going to play. You know he's going to make the team. You know he's going to play. He's going to start. Rodgers is going to look for him. So it was pretty easy. Randall Cobb, wide receiver, 110 for free. You could literally add this dude after the draft's over. Um, my expectation for them, I currently having have them winning the division. I have them as the three seed in the NFC, and the way I currently have it set up, they play Seattle in the first round. If you're wondering about the Vikings, I also have them getting into the playoffs. They are tied with Seattle and the 49ers, who I've talked about already. Uh, actually, I think I gave San Francisco one more win. I did. So they're tied with Seattle for the 6-7 spot. So it's going to depend on how that works out. If I'm the Vikings, because the way according to my playoffs, really need to get out of that 7 seed. Because that means you're playing Tampa in the first round. That ain't good for you. So hopefully, if you're a Vikings fan, they're not playing Tampa in round one. So that's kind of what I got today on the NFC North. Before I kind of tease next week's episode, like I said before, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with a friend of a friend, whatever. If you're a Spotify, Apple listener, definitely subscribe to the channel, rate and review, all that good stuff. Share the podcast, help a guy out, you know, 
even if you don't like me, you could still share it. No, just kidding. Um, so definitely share that with a friend, rate, review, and subscribe. Check out the website, beakbrands.com. Written content is there. Podcast is there. If you want a more in-depth look at these teams, like I said, we started our 32 and 32 series. Check that out on the website. And obviously follow at Beak Brands on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the latest updates on our content there. So we're here. what do we have coming up here? We're, it's August. Well, basically, it's August, right? So next time we're here, we're going to finish wrapping up the NFC. I'm going to go NFC East. Then we're going to go all the way back out West, start with the AFC West, and work our way back. If you're listening to this thinking, wow, I wish he would just do the Jets already, that's calculated. I know a lot of Jets fans, so i got to get you in the mood to listen to the podcast. Um, so you can listen to these to build you up to that. Or if you're a Giants fan, you get it a, li- a couple weeks earlier because obviously you're in the NFC East. I also know a couple of Cowboy and Eagles fans as well, so that should be exciting for you guys next week. All right, so definitely check out the other podcasts, whether it be baseball, hockey with myself and Joe or myself and Keith. And that's basically what we got for today. So until next time, I'm out of here.